Welcome to Reinsight Podcast, uh, Inside Zone. My name is Sadaf, your host, and today we have a very special guest with us in the studio. Um, so, who do we have with us? Hello, everyone. You have with you Klaus Lindstrand. Uh, so, I'm a manager at Reinsight, and been working for Reinsight past three years, where I have the role of uh, both working as a data engineer in our projects, but also data analyst. And the last two years, I especially worked as a tech lead, so more project leading uh, in our products for our clients. And um, before that, I've been working with uh, at Deloitte within their consultancy department and uh, have a background in civil engineering, so not really anything what I do with today. And uh, yeah, born and raised in Stockholm. So that's a little cool. bit about me. <laughs> that's cool. Yes, and we are here today to not only talk about yourself, of course, but about a very special and interesting topic that I know that a lot of people are talking about right now. Um, and what is it, Klaus? <laughs> well, that's, of course, the very famous ChatGDP that has <laughs> revolutionized our world and taken us with a storm. Yeah. Wow. All right, so... What is really ChatGBT? That is uh, an uh, amazing question and uh, very, very relevant. Um, what is ChatGDP? Well, I mean, it's something that's been taking us with a storm uh, and it's a technology that will uh, definitely reshape our society. Um, but more of, you know, into what, what is it? So, so ChatGDP is an AI solution. Uh, it's uh, something that is called a natural language model. Uh, and it's something that's been uh, created by a company called OpenAI. And it is an AI model that can generate and interpret text um, based on input from a user. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that it's an AI model that uh, we can interact with and we can ask it questions and it can give us answers. For example, we can, we can get information from like, or about, um, you know, why did Elon Musk become so successful? And he can provide that information to us. We can also ask it to create content for us. For example, um, you need to write a personal letter for a job application. Uh, then you can give, uh, tell the AI model that, uh, hey, I went to this university, I worked with this in the past, I'm applying for this uh, job application, can you write me a personal letter? And it can generate a well-written personal letter for you. Uh, and then wow. also you can use it to, to help um, analyze um, text that you give it. So if you're writing an email, you want, to, you want it to check for spelling and, and sentence structure, it can do that for you. So it can do a lot of different things. Um, and the reason why it can do all these things is because it's a model that's been trained on huge amounts of data. So it has built a knowledge banks of, you know, historical things uh, and different knowledge within different fields. Right. And it has learned, you know, how do we humans write our text? How do we formulate our sentences for when we, especially when we talk to different people? So it has uh, learned how to be able to communicate in a very human-like uh, way, mm. uh, which is uh, just incredible. And I think that's also one of the things that made it so big is that when you talk to it, interact with it, it feels like there's a human sitting on the other side yeah. <laughs> writing all of these for you, yeah. uh, uh, which is uh, which is very impressive. Wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah, and one of the things that makes this also really big compared to you know other things that we've seen in, in AI and machine learning technology, there of course always something new coming up mm -hmm. all the time uh, that is going to be you know revolutionizing our world is that this uh, technology is something that is called, uh, a part of something that is called generative AI. Mm. So it's a new era of, of AI in the sense that it's able to create original content. Uh, so it's not only um, you know, predicting information uh, or just taking um, information that it has stored somewhere and then passing it along to you when you're asking for things, but it's actually able to look onto information, uh, read something, and then write its own version of it. So it's kind of like a human when you are reading, uh, you know, information, and then yeah. you write your own version of it for an, an article or essay or something like that. So, so that's something that is completely new. That um, that is a part of and create and is a part of you making this uh, something very powerful. 
Mm, it's like a personal assistant. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's it's able to it's able to uh, also you know pick up on emotions mm. and understand how to phrase things in different ways. So, for example, like if you are asking it to tell you about um, Spain, for example, mm. or write something about Spain, mm. you can ask it to write something um, in a very academic uh, kind of tone so yeah. we maybe we'll then start describing you know spain's history and the political situation but then you can ask it but write the same text or write the same information but write it in a more adventurous style like if you're doing a oh. commercial for people <laughs> to come and travel to spain yeah. it can then start talking more maybe about the weather what the things that you can see and things you can do so you can it can shift the tone uh, and the feeling of the text depending on you know what kind of audience that you want the text to be for mm-hmm. So that's also something that is very, very, very interesting. And, uh, and you can also have it writ- writing it in a short text or in a larger text. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's um, and it's, I think another point, the last point I just want to say also is that it's also be able to write this text in a, such a good way that you feel like this, this AI can write it better than if I would be writing it. Oh, so, for example, like you can a lot of like a lot of universities you see now having problems with students instead of writing their own essays, yeah, they just turn to ChatGPT and ChatGPT are writing it for them, oh. because they realize that you know this AI can write these uh, essays and you know make these uh, analysis and, and make these points better than I can. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that is kind of of course like it's good that it uh, at least. Mm, helps the students in some way, hmm. but the students can't just use the text. Will the teachers, like, do you think that the teachers will understand if it's a student or a, a AI? Yeah, well, so, so that's the thing that's, that's very, you know, both very exciting, but also scary with this, yeah. is that you as, um, you as a professor, I mean, the, the AI is, is so good at simulating, being, you know, writing something like a human. Yeah. So it's very hard to tell, you know, is this an actually, you know, is this a person has been writing this or is it a machine? Yeah. Um, but I know, I know there's been some discussions that they're going to be creating AIs to be able to detect if content had been created by an AI or not. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. it's a, yeah, it's going in a loop now. Um, but it's, um, but the thing, the point is, uh, is want to make for this, that it's this, uh, this technology is something that. Uh, has really the reason why it's become such a big thing is that it's uh, everyone is is able to to see that it's going to be something that's going to be incredibly useful uh, and it's going to really change things for us how we how we interact and work with the information right um you also mentioned open ai so what is that? So, so OpenAI is a non-profit company, uh, American company that was started in the, I think it was the late 2015. And uh, it's a company that's been getting a, a lot of backing from, from different companies and, and famous individuals. For example, Microsoft the past uh, year has just put in $10 billion into their company, uh, especially now when it becomes so uh, when the results are, and the solution become so big. Uh, but you have also people like Elon Musk. So they're a company that work with developing AI solutions and systems. And, and we've seen a lot of impressive things coming out of the company. So one example, of course, is ChatGDP, um, that is based on this GDP uh, AI model. Mm. But I also have other models that are also equally impressive. For example, I have one that is called Dale, uh, that can generate images from text. So if, what? yeah, so if you have like, if you, if you have, are thinking about something, but you don't know how to visualize it, mm. you can write in text what you're thinking or what you wanted to, to generate. And it can generate this, this image for you. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's bizarre. Like I, like no. it's something that, wow, it's really scary though. It is a bit scary. It is a bit scary, but it's, it's something that it's going to be, uh, I mean, super super valuable especially for like people that work a lot with conceptualizing ideas right. and you know they can need they have a lot of ideas but they just want to you know say okay how can this look like if i actually try to you know put it into something some kind of visualization 
so that's one thing that they have that is really really neat and um, and you can they also have another one that is called Codex mm-hmm. um, that can help you um, basically generate code also from text. So if you are a person that is a non-developer kind of person who doesn't have a technical background in that sense, mm. you can, uh, if you still want to create a program, you can just explain to the AI model, okay, I want to create a program that uh, you know, works like Tetris. Mm. And then it can generate that code that you need for that program for you. So you can just take oh. the code, plug it in, and then you have your program. So do you think that we need programmers in the future? <laughs> that's, uh, well, that's, <laughs> one of, that's one of the big questions. Um, I mean, it's, uh, it's, um, it is something that's definitely going to help speed up development. Um, but you're still going to need people that understands the whole pictures and right. you know, how, to, how to put components together to create an efficient and, and uh, well-constructed um, program and, and development. But it's something that's definitely going to help developers along. Um, yeah. And one of the interesting things is that you can also use the same AI model to help um, find like bugs and problems with your code and help optimizing. So you can send it in to the program, it can analyze it for you, uh, and you can even write your documentation. And uh, if you're working with development, writing documentation for your mm. code is the most boring yeah. thing you can ever do. So it's great <laughs> that you can have this, uh, this kind of AI solution to help you with that. Like, what effect does it have on the global economy then? Well, um, so ChatGDP became super big. It, it was released just before Christmas uh, in 2022, so last year. And then now it's, uh, and then became really, really big, of course, uh, in the beginning of 2023. Uh, and after that kind of breakthrough, mm. uh, I mean, we have seen uh, a lot, a lot of activity. Um, I mean, all the companies that have these big, um, you know, cloud services and platforms, everyone are now talking about how they can, you know, jump onto this wave and start working with this technology on their platforms and in their services. Um, I would say a, a very good example of this is especially Microsoft that has a very close collaboration with OpenAI because they've been um, backing them financially. Uh, so they released a, a super extensive roadmap on how they're going to now be including these open AI technologies and all of their services, for example, on their cloud platform, Azure, um, but especially with this feature that they call Copilot, which mm-hmm. I think is something that's going to be going to see a, going to be super useful and revolutionary, which is basically that you're going to be able to have ChatGDP in mm-hmm. all of their different services like Microsoft 365, mm-hmm. the 365 um, dynamics and so on. So when you're working in Word, you're going to be, having, be able to have like a, ChatGDP similar plugin next to you that can help you write all the, your when you're writing your documents or your reports or whatever you're doing, it will be there and be your assistant. Hmm. Um, and you can even use it in in PowerPoint to help generate presentations for you. That would <laughs> so, be great. Which is always nice. It always takes uh, time. And um, yeah. And one of the uh, one of the uh, really neat features that I am really excited about is that they will be a part of. Um, the Teams app is when you're having a meeting with your clients uh, and you, you, know, you have the recording on and so on. After the meeting, you'll be able to summarize everything that was said. So you'll be able to get like, you know, the five most important things, you know, everyone said in the meeting. So you have it like nicely summarized oh. uh, and there for you to use later, which is super nice because that's always one thing that uh, you know you always need to do otherwise someone needs to sit and take notes yeah, and then right. you know maybe you forget something you miss something but here you'll be able to get everything very neatly organized for you wow so that means that this is something that will be affecting the organizations like all, all the companies a lot yeah, yeah for sure i think it's um i mean especially now when it's being incorporated into all of these uh, microsoft services that mm. everyone uses on a daily basis right. uh, i mean um no matter kind of what you're working with, you always can interact with these kind of services, right? Uh, and I think also it was said that, I mean, these generative AI technology will affect 80% of everyone's work. So it's definitely something that's going to be playing uh, a large part in our daily in our daily work life. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, now we're talking about all the good parts of OpenAI and ChatGPT, but 
what are the limitations then when it comes to the companies that they need to think about? I mean, uh, I mean, I think now we're actually touching upon a point that is very, very important. Of course, when all of this kind of happened, there's, of course, a huge hype and, and there's a lot of talking about this. Everyone wants to kind of jump the gun and be a part of this, uh, this incredible uh, right. movement. But I think what you're mentioning now is something that is important to also consider because this technology, even if it's it's very um, impressive, there's always going to be some risk and special limitations. And when we've been working with clients, there have been people that also have been a bit skeptical, which is good, because when it comes to this technology, you always kind of need to remember that this AI, even if it sounds and writes everything really impressively like a human, it's it's just a machine. It's just going to be maths. Um, and it will only, it will work with predicting what it thinks you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to understand moral or ethics. So there are some things that you need to think about when you're working with it. And, um, and especially when it comes to safety in terms of the data that you share with it. Uh, I know, for example, Samsung had some issues when it was sharing information uh, with ChatGDP, the online version. Uh, and they were sharing some sensitive company information that was then leaked and then someone else got access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that you also need to think about when you want to start using these kind of technologies that you need to also f- consider, you know, how can I use this information in a safe way where it's being protected and not get, will have the risk of getting leaked outside of my organization. Yeah, right. Because that's maybe something that people will forget, I think. But do you know any use cases then regarding this or regarding ChatGPT for like examples that has been um, yeah, yeah. used? Absolutely. I mean, this is something that we're working with uh, with daily now, mm-hmm. <laughs> discussing this how we can how companies can start working with these solutions and um, there are. I just want to say safe ways of working with this technology. Uh, I would say the best ways to uh, use it in combination with the cloud platforms that we see and there exist today, like Google, um, Azure, and, and AWS, so Amazon's cloud platform. Because uh, if you work with it there, you will use their safety features. Uh, so there's you don't have to think about or, or be afraid that the data that you use uh, will leak out. But the use cases, if we uh, jump over to that, that we see, I think the first one that is very, very interesting is that Within customer service, uh, there's a lot of companies that right now record when their customers call in um, for support or if they have questions. And then usually you get you can hear that they ask you, oh, it's okay if we record this, uh, this phone call for call checks later. Those recorded phone calls are something that people, manual people, actually sit down and listen to after the calls and try to then transcribe and, and, and listen to see, okay, what are the things we can actually do better in our calls? And this is a use case that we think is very interesting to use this AI technology because you can use AI uh, to both uh, to first listen into the call, transcribe everything that's been said, and then you can use these newer models to go in and analyze the text. Mm-hmm. Because uh, these new um, uh, OpenAI models, for example, it can understand if there's something, if people are talking about things in a negative term or a positive term. So you can understand if there's if they're talking about something that they don't they don't like or if they they if they do like it. Uh, so you'll be able to extract KPIs and and you know a very summarized text saying you know these are the things the five points that they like about about services and these are the things that they don't like and these are maybe things that they are requesting, but we maybe as we as a company are not offering in our services or products. So that's one case that I think it's it's something that can really help companies understand how we can do things better and how we can also expand on our products. Another great example or use case is in terms of creating market and product information. So if you are a person working within your marketing department uh, and you want to write something that goes out to, you know, maybe a news article or maybe Instagram uh, and different forums where you have different need different sizes for the text, for example. You can have generative AI create first a draft text for you, uh, depending on uh, given you know your uh, description of what you want, mm. and then it can help you then format that text for different forums. So if you want to have it shorter, smaller, bigger, uh, and then it can also help you uh, 
uh, create a focus on that text depending on which target group you want to go for. So if it's more younger people that are more adventurous, you can have a text sound more like that. Wow. Or if you want to go to, you know, students that mm. maybe, you know, want to have something that it's more cheaper, they can have it formulate the text in that way as well. So you can you can do that and you can do it automatically through these AIs. So that's something that's super useful if you work within a marketing department. Yeah, for sure. It will it will improve their work even more and it will be so helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like especially if you're, you know, you're sitting there, you need to think of creating, you know, some content that you're going to be sharing. Right and you're having a little bit of a writer's block, then it's super useful to use, you know, have the AI create a draft for you to get to help yeah. you get started. Uh, so that's also something that's um, really, really cool with this uh, technology, that it really helps you kind of get started in an yeah. easy way. Yeah, exactly. You can see it as a, as a tool instead of something that will do it for you. Exactly. Like, yeah, right. And when it comes to OpenAI, then what are some notable achievements that you have seen? Um, well, there are some, there's some, there are more and more examples popping up now every day. For example, um, we see uh, Klarna recently did a huge investment into, into AI um, and um, where they're going to be now incorporating um, ChatGDP, similar plugin in, into their businesses. Uh, so there are things happening all the time, which is very interesting. But I think one of the, I have three use cases that I have seen uh, and I read about on OpenAI's website that I think are very, very interesting and good kind of different use cases that you can see that you can use this technology for. Uh, so one is a solution that Morgan Stanley built that is basically a AI solution that have access to all of their different financial reports, um, uh, different strategic documents, analyses. Mm. Um, and when you, as a financial advisor, are working together with your clients and giving advice, uh, and you need to uh, all of a sudden uh, get information on a certain market or a certain industry or product, you can use them turn to this AI solution, uh, kind of like a um, advice assistant, mm -hmm. and you can ask it, uh, okay, so I need information about uh, you know this market, or can you provide me some some key insights from the last three years uh, on, on in this industry. And then it will be able to go uh, and search all of the information available in Morgan Stanley and then be provided to the advisor in like a short and neat format so you can directly then share that information with their clients. So it makes it much, much easier for the financial advisors to help their clients because they will be able to get the information directly and then they can use that to easily share that with their clients. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's and especially for a company like Morgan Stanley that sits on huge, you know, amount of information yeah. that without it takes maybe you know quite a long time for someone to actually search through and find it and look in text and see you know what are the most important things I need to bring to my meeting, uh, then you can have that provided to you directly. So it also helps the company actually use mm. the important information it sits on. That is a cool achievement. Yeah, no, it's um, no, it's really, really, it's um, it's something that is going to be very useful for a yeah. lot of companies. I think that because there's so many companies that have a lot of data and information, yeah, but they're not really utilizing it as much as they can. I think. Um, but another example that I'd also like to bring up that I think was really neat uh, mm -hmm. was uh, a company called uh, Khan Academy. So it's a company that helps with online uh, tutoring and online lessons right. for students. Uh, mm -hmm. Something even I used when I was at university, very yeah. helpful. Mm -hmm. And they have, they have also created a, a, a solution that is like an AI substitute teacher. So it also uses these ChatGDP similar functionalities uh, and they're using it as a, a substitute teacher that the students can directly turn to to ask questions if they're getting stuck on certain like assignments or tasks they can turn to that um, uh, that substitute teacher and ask it questions and they will be able to help them get uh, move forward in their work uh, but also they use it in the classroom so when the teacher is having a lesson and then they do breakout sessions they will then have a substitute teacher in each breakout session that can help the students so the teacher doesn't have to go into all the different breakout sessions and make sure that mm. they are getting the help they need, but they can have these substitute teachers there, the AI-driven substitute teachers there. So it's also something that's really, really helpful in that way of just helping people. Uh, and, and we see also huge potentials with this. Just into, if you think about onboarding, uh, you know, yeah. when you as a new person enters a company, you need to figure out 
how you know how do I get started? Where can I find the information so I can you know learn about the company and, and what we're selling or doing? You can just have these kind of AI solutions that can be there and be your personal you know assistant that can help you get started, find you know understand everything you need to understand and all get all the information that you that you need. That's really cool, but maybe that what you will miss in those type of situations is the personal contact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's of course this will never replace human interaction. I mean, right. I mean, we all kind of know from I think from uh, the whole Corona period yeah. when we're sitting at home, we're not really meeting people. We're no. just interacting <laughs> via Teams, and sometimes we're thinking if our colleagues are just bots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's uh, absolutely it will never replace mm. that because it's uh, that's always going to be a very important feature. But it's mm. nice in the ten- in the sense where. When everyone is busy uh, and you just need to get answers given quickly to you yeah, because and then it can that can really make a difference but um, but for sure mm. the human interaction will always be important mm. now we have now we have touched on how great and what cool stuff can be created and done um, and how much can be optimized but don't you think that people like should people be scared of Azure OpenAI or should they not? Um, I think uh, when it comes to this um, Azure OpenAI or this other AI solution being being created I think uh, I mean people shouldn't be uh, be scared. I mean, every time there's a huge new technology, especially when it's connected to machine learning and AI, that we've seen the past years, every time something new comes out, it's always gonna. It always the reaction is now we're all gonna lose our jobs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> there's gonna be a machine sitting in my chair. Yeah. Um, no, of course, but uh, it's gonna. It's not gonna be really able to fully replace people, as we mentioned. Now, human interaction is also gonna be important, and especially. These kind of solutions that we see are coming up now, you shouldn't see them as something that's going to be com- replacing people completely. It's more going to be able to be there next to you and be your personal assistant in the work that you're doing. Um, so it will be able to help you create information and provide information to you and formulate it. Uh, but in the end, you are always going to be the one that needs to sit there and judge uh, and also take you know decision on what how we're going to act. Uh, with the things that we, uh, the information that is being provided and and so on. So that's always going to be an important part of it. And um, and also since, you know, as we talked before, there are limitations to these technologies. Mm. Uh, for example, when it comes to this um, chat GDP, uh, we've seen that it's um, actually hallucinating, which I think is hilarious. Uh, what? Which, <laughs> it's a crazy thing, but it, what, and what that means is that it can actually make up things that aren't true. So, uh, and this is something I actually seen firsthand. So mm. when, when ChatGDP became big, I was asking it early on, so do, are there any Swedish companies actually using this technology? And, um, and it started listing company after company after company. And I was very shocked and I'm like, wow, I never, mm. you know, heard about them using this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and it came to that point where I was like, ah, but, you know, can this really be true? I mean, it's it's because, you know, with all the hype, you know, there were being, you know, big articles in, in different yeah, right? in newspapers talking about this. So I started Googling it one by one and I didn't find any information about it. And then I asked wow. ChatGDP, can you provide links to these uh, Yeah. To these um, sites where you're saying that you're finding this information and the links were going nowhere. So, uh, and I was like, shut the ah, what is, what are you doing? Lying to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and there are also things, for example, like it's not really good at math. Mm. Um, and um, also it's, it has a bias in core, right. like it built in, because it's built on huge amounts of information, right? But it's, um, it's, um, it doesn't include all of the information. Right. So, you know, it won't take in account everything. So it's going to be a bit biased in the way that it, it gives you information. So with that said, you should, you're not going to be able to completely trust these solutions to, you know, help you with everything. Mm. It can help you, you know, 
give you information, but you're still gonna need, need to be able to be critical to that mm. information and, and make sure that it's actually, uh, you know, there's actually, there's actually truth in what it's saying. So you cannot completely trust it uh, to be your, your guiding hand in how mm-hmm. you should run a company, for example. Oh, okay, so people should not use ChatGPT uh, as a Google tool. No, I mean it's 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 gonna be able to probably say a lot of things yeah. that are true and that you know it's you don't have any issues. But right. you know you shouldn't you should always be a bit skeptical. Ah. Uh, and uh, so I think that's a very important part. It can be good to kind of get you started, but uh, it shouldn't be something that you completely blindly rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting also now when you talk about if people should be scared about if they're just going to take their jobs. Yeah. Because one of the interesting aspects with uh, with all kind of new technologies and innovations is that we also see a lot of new jobs emerging. So, for example, one of the jobs that we see are coming up now is something called prompt engineering. So, in the beginning, I said that you as a user provide input to these AI models and then they then provide you know text or images or code depending on what right. you wished for or asked for. And when you provide that input, that's something that's called a prompt. Mm. Uh, And the way that you formulate those prompts uh, can then help the quality of the things that you're getting back. So if you formulate a question, you can formulate in different ways. And that can kind of also um, determine a little bit how well the answer that you're getting back is. So this is something that actually is such a big thing that it's actually become a job, being wow. a prompt engineer, mm-hmm. being the one who designs the questions that you're asking these models. So I think that's just one of the, I think the jobs that are <laughs> are coming up now because of these technologies. Wow, that's cool. So it means that the impact will not only be that, I mean, in some way it will not take our jobs, it will instead increase and create more jobs for us. I mean, definitely. And I mean, we're going to see a lot of companies uh, that will be emerging, that will be working with these models. uh, Because the models that are being created now are trained on vast amounts of information, right? To be able to be so smart and be able to uh, help in all these different fields. But an interesting thing that the CEO for OpenAI talked about is that uh, the models will not become bigger. Like they won't training it on more and more information to make it more and more comprehensive because it's something that takes a lot of time and it's very expensive. Mm. So I think what we will see is that we'll see more models being more niched in different areas. So you will have, for example, one model that is specifically trained uh, within the field of medicine or specifically trained, you know, for giving you the best recommendations on hiking products. Yeah, yeah. So you'll probably have companies that you'll have more companies coming up that are specialized within different fields and can provide solutions that can help you know provide information or guide users within that spe- uh, specific domain uh, so th- i think that's uh that's something that we are also going to see coming up more and more companies that uh, are specialized in those areas so that will be the impact on us when it comes to this technology i mean uh, i think yeah i mean it's it's something that we're going to see yeah uh, for sure i think um because it's um, in the future, I mean, we'll be, it's going to take, of course, some time. It's not going to happen all at once, but we are going to be interacting more and more with AI models and more and more of the content that's being created as well will be created by AI. Uh, and I mean, especially I think when we are go when you're going to a site or you're opening an app, mm. there will be some kind of AI technology uh, that will be helping you know provide personalized service to you, help you find what you're looking for, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and the information that's being created there uh, will be in a more and more or a larger degree be created by these models as well. So, Klaus, what would you say are the pros and cons when it comes to OpenAI and the new generative AI that you have talked about now? Well, of course, there's a lot of a lot of pros. Um, I mean, with this new technology, I mean, we are seeing that we're able to, to generate a lot more data, a lot more information and content that we ourselves, you, you know, before needed to create. Now we can use this technology to do that, right? So we can use, um, I mean, ChatGDP to help us uh, generate handbooks, uh, documentation, presentations, 
you know, financial reports and all of that. We can see with, uh, with for example, like Dale, that we can generate images and, and concept arts that we can use for when we are looking at creating a commercial uh, or any type of visualization. And uh, we can use codecs to generate code and code documentation. So we will be able to generate more information. And the nice thing is with generating this more information is that we can also use the technology to also access that information more easily. Because mm -hmm. the problem is like a little bit what we discussed that large companies sit on large, large amounts of information and that the, you know, most of their problem not even using. Yeah. Uh, and also when you know, uh, having the ability to access the most recent, the most updated information, all of that will come more easily because you can use, I mean, an internal chef GDP to you know, tell you, okay, what are the latest policies I need to follow or you yeah. know, what are the latest updates about our products uh, uh, and so on. So, I mean, of course, that's it's very, very powerful. And, uh, and it makes us more productive. I mean, we will become more efficient in, in, our, in our daily work, uh, which, is, uh, which is really, really, uh, a, will be a huge impact on us. Yeah. And, uh, and another thing is that, of course, this kind of um, accessibility to, to these kind of services is also something that's going to be around the clock. I mean, for example, if you have a, a you know, shut GDP available in your company, you'll be able to ask it questions 24 hours, you know, 24 seven, uh, all day, all night. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll be able to access that directly all the time. And this is not something that's only going to be available, you know, in, in internally in companies. But for example, if, you know, if you have customers that have questions about their, their, you know, delivery, uh, about your products, when they're shopping on your website, yeah. you'll be able to use it to help them, you know, have a personalized shopping experience. I mean, for example, if you were out shopping clothes, you can have an AI that is your personal shopper that, you know, understands your style and, you know, oh. can help you, you know, pick up, you know, what are the latest things happening in fashion and, you know, how can you align that with your personal style? Right. That is really amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you will never need to think about, you know, what should I get or, you know, exactly. you know, what should I, you know, buy for my partner as a birthday gift? And you can just ask it and they can be like, yeah, you should buy this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No need to worry about Christmas gifts anymore. No, exactly. People, we are all safe now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe we'll end up everyone just getting the same things. Yeah. <laughs> An Azure OpenAI subscription. <laughs> I think we all need that. Now. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, I mean, so these are huge upsides that mm. we're seeing. But of course, you know, yes, what are the cons? Yeah. Um, and I think when it comes to cons, they are, of course, some things that we need to keep in mind. I mean, as we talked about before, there are definite, you know, limitations and risks with this technology. Right. I mean, limitations such as, you know, there will be a bias in these machines or these AI models. Um and I mean, if you go to ChatGDP or, or, you know, future similar AI models, I mean, if you ask a question that can have a bit of a split in terms of opinions, for example, was Donald Trump a good president? Mm -hmm. You'll probably, you know, end up getting different answers depending on what information has been used to train that model. So mm. that's something I think can be a bit risk when it comes to, to you know, bias and maybe that people will be using models that are trained in a certain way that might isolate the opinions and information that you're getting. Right. Uh, and as we also seen, I mean, it can sometimes give misinformation. It can hallucinate. It can make up things that aren't really true. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a risk. And, and also, if we are relying on this technology to provide all the information we need to know, like... Now I don't need to code anymore because I can just use the codex or, you know, I don't need to Google anymore because I get shot GDP. Then also it becomes harder and harder for us to be stay critical yeah. because we are so dependent on, on these AI models providing us with information that, you know, how they will become trickier for us to, to actually be skeptical and say like, hmm, but, you know, given what I already know, what I learned on my own, you yeah. know, maybe this doesn't make sense or maybe, you know, there's another side to this. So um, that's definitely something that is, that is going to be a risk with this technology that you, you, you need to be um, a bit skeptical, yeah. a bit skeptical yeah. with it. But it's with everything, I guess, that you need to be a bit skeptical. I mean, especially when it comes to AI, you, you can't um, think that they will, that the, whatever it is, like in this case, the ChatGPT can't be able to 
to know everything and to give you all the answers in the world. Like, you can't expect that. No, but it's easy to get fooled, though. I mean, ah. it's it's easy to. I mean, for I mean, especially yeah. for if you're growing up with a tool and and you know you're not used to going out googling and you know that you can ah, find right. different versions. And I mean, it's I think it's it's something to get easily sucked into. Ah. Uh, I mean, as we see now, you're more and more used to uh, wanting to absorb information, learn things in a more easy digestible way like pe people go to twitter to learn things you go yeah. to you watch youtube videos instead of reading because it's easier to you know to to uh, to understand it and yeah. to take it in so i think that's something that we need to kind of keep in mind and and another part of also of this which is also connected to you know these machines and these models and mm. these uh, technology being so good at producing things is that they can also be used in a in a bad way that we also need to to think about and understand because for example when it's generating pictures for you yeah. and based on your input i mean you can ask it to generate something that is not true like you can google your hometown and say i want a picture of my hometown and an explosion happening in the background and then you can it can probably generate an image that looks like that and then if you publish that people then see it and they won't really you know immediately think about that this could be something that's not true and people are like what's what's happening in the you know in this town you know is there's yes. an explosion or is this a problem um, so that's also something that this technology enables enables people to make more content that is a better quality that can be used to create fake news uh you know especially like deep fake that's talked about um mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, and even be able to create very realistic phishing emails. I mean, already now, I mean, a lot of companies have trainings to detect these uh, phishing yeah. emails because they look super similar to what you're getting on almost yeah. on a daily basis. And now they'll be able to use this technology to even make those better. So oh. that's also a bit a bit scary. That I think it's it's important to kind of consider and and think about. Um, so, I mean, it, the technology is so good; it will be help us help be able to help us in so many ways but it can also be used you know against us by actors who have a bad intentions yeah um so that's something that you know we will need to you know need to kind of uh, adjust to and think about how can we make sure that this is something that's uh, being used for uh you know good uh purposes yeah um and i think it's the last point also when it comes to the cons is that with everything that is new there's also a bit uh, uncertainty also about the legal aspects of when it comes to, to AI. For example, if you are you're generating, mm -hmm. uh, you know, digital art via AI, um, I mean, you're the one writing it in, you're the one telling it how you, you know, want something to look and, and, and the feeling and everything. And then you want to sell that. Mm -hmm. But then it comes to a little bit of the question, are you actually the ones who owns that piece of art? Because, oh. I mean, the AI created it. Right. And the AI was created by an engineer. Yeah. But you're also the one instructing the AI. So it's a bit of a... I mean, there's still some gray zones there in, uh, in terms of, like, copyright um, and some other aspects of, of um, AI when it comes to the legal implement, uh, um, the legal aspects of it. Yeah. Um, so I think... And that's things that are still being figured out. I know, for example, the uh, G7 um, meeting that they're having now in Japan, this is a very hot topic that mm -hmm. they're discussing. Uh, uh, you know, how, what regulations do we need to put in place mm -hmm. uh, in terms of this new generative AI technology that we're seeing? Wow, it's so interesting. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it's going to end, or like, not end, but how, how they're going to plan out everything and... I mean, it's so many questions regarding it. Yeah, no, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's wow. uh, it's it's a lot of different questions, yeah. and uh, but uh, but at the same time, I mean, this is something that um, I mean, we should, of course, you know, it's it's it sounds it sounds like a very scary technology when you think about the different mm -hmm. things you can do with. But at the same time, I mean, it's going to be something that's going to be able to create so many good things in our lives uh, and, right. and, and for us uh, in, in all kinds of aspects. I mean, you can, uh, if we go uh, back to think about the pros, I mean, you'll be able to use this technology to speed up, you know, medical research and, and help find new ways of curing diseases and, uh, and, and, and dealing with dif different types of illnesses. Yeah. Um, so... But it's, 
But it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, there will be a lot of tough questions and, and decisions on how to make sure that we are uh, using this technology on the right track. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really, really curious now. Do you even, like, in what context do you use ChatGBT? In the context I use it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I mean, to be honest, I use it quite a lot. Uh, so ah. I use it I use it for various, various types of things. Uh, I, I use it, um, well, first of all, if I'm writing a, a long email, I actually do use it to check for like spelling and, and, yeah. and sentence structures, because I think that's uh, always nice to get a second opinion. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, I mean, I do use it also for when writing presentations and, you know, you need to explain something. I actually ask ChatGP, how would you explain this in a, in a short and consistent way? Uh, and it gives tips, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, as we said, that, you know, for you to just get started. And um, and the last, the re most recent things that I used it for, which was actually great, was when we, are, uh, we were writing this um, uh, job advert. Mm. And uh, and then I just put in that, you know, we're going to be looking for a person with this seniority, with this kind of uh, task. Can you generate a job ad uh, that we can use? And it generated a text that was, you know, really nice written. And we just need to change a couple of things. And then, you know, we were good to go. So, oh. so it's, you mean, um, I do use it for a lot of different things. Uh, yeah. And it's becoming a larger and larger part of my, my, uh, my work life. Wow. I can definitely agree on you with that. I use yeah. it for like uh, presentation stuff. So as you mentioned, like if you're gonna um, write a text or like a long presentation that you just would like to get some guidance around, I guess. But it's it's a cool tool. I mean, it's a good thing that you can just get some input with or just approve something that you have already created, but you just want it a bit better. Have you seen the spelling if it's wrong sometimes from <laughs> ChatGPT? I mean, uh, I have, I'm not seen the spelling, um, but uh, from what I see or like experience, it, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not seen, maybe it's, I can imagine if you write in different languages, maybe ah. because ChatGPT is, it's, uh, it's mainly trained on English data. Yeah. So it's only like a small part that is being trained in, in other languages. So it might be there that it's, you know, some misspelling perhaps. Um, but uh, but nothing I've seen so far um, when it comes to the, the spelling. But of course, I think with this technology a bit, what we talked about, that you, you, of course, you need to be always kind of go through it and make sure that everything looks okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not, exactly. not, not to use, have mm -hmm. it generate something and then send it, send it away. Oh yeah, no, never uh, do that. <laughs> but actually now when you said it, I actually think it one, one time I actually asked it to, to reformulate some things for me in Swedish and it, it did write it in a little bit of a strange way. Oh. So yeah, I, I seen some things now when I think about it, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like understandable because it can't have all, not the answers, but it can't give you all the things that you require. It can't yet. No. And it's still pretty new, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's not going to be able to do, to do everything. There's no. a limitation to it, uh, such as we discussed. And, uh, but I mean, I think it's, I think used to have something that can kind of help you get started and you can get feedback or input on something directly. I mean, it's just, as we talked about, it means that you can become so much more, more productive um, and you'll be able to, to do more in your day because you won't have this period of time when you feel like you, you're blocked and you don't really know how to proceed and you, you kind of need something to, you know, yeah. uh, help you to, to get past a, a hurdle, um, which is great, mm. but it can also be a bit, you know, uh, it can also mean that, or be a bit scary in the sense that now we're going to be able to be much, much more productive in our day because it's going to, you know, these AI solutions going to help us remove mundane and repetitive tasks mm -hmm. and these things to, to get started. Uh, so it means that we're going to be able to spend more time on high focused assignments and tasks. And it's great, you know, we'll be able to get more value from our day, but it also means that we're going to be 
uh, you know, working on a more high intensity level during oh. the day. And um, that's uh, something I've been, you know, wondering a little bit about. It's going to be interesting to see how this is going to be impacting our day. Yeah. Uh, for example, does that mean that we can work shorter days because we'll be able to create more value for that uh, shorter period of time? Or that, you know, do we need to then take, have stronger policies that we need to take breaks so, you know, we don't get overloaded or mm-hmm. uh, overworked? Um, I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? If yeah. we are more, if we are more improved, I mean, if we are, our work is more improved, then why not? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great to no, have ex- shorter shorter hours every day. Yeah, no, exactly. We can we can do like um, thanks, ChatGPT. Yeah, exactly. We can finally have the four day work week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely something that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see now and because I mean I think when we're having this discussion with uh, with Microsoft actually and they said that when they've been talking to people who are using ChatGDP, they say roughly around, you know, a fourth of every person in the, in the room says that they're working with it daily. Mm. So we're now we're seeing more and more people start working with it in our daily lives, kind of like what you and me are doing, that you find ways that you can use it and, and see that it's really helping you out. So it's going to be interesting when more and more people are starting to pick that up Yeah. Uh, and to see, you know, kind of what the effects are. Uh, at different companies and so on. Wow. I mean, this has been a really interesting topic to talk about. And from my point of view, so much I have learned from this episode. What is the last words that you want to give to the listeners before we end this this session? Ooh, the parting words. Um, I would say that really to get started, if you're not using ChatGDP or anything of these things, start doing it. Uh, give it a try because uh, it is it is something that's uh, gonna be a huge part of our our both our private and our work life, and uh, and uh, it's gonna be it's good to start using it to see you know how you can use it because mm. there are some things that you know it's really good to use for and there's some parts that's not really good for use for, but uh, start working with it because. It, it is some people can be a bit skeptical, like, oh, you know, I'm really going to be using this yeah. machine now to do all my work. But then, you know, I won't be thinking and, and doing it myself. But yeah, but at the same time, it's important to when we have these tools also know how to use them. So that and, was some wise words. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. But and, uh, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. And thank you, Klaus. And stay tuned for the next episode, guys.